0: This is Brad Zinker, Brad Zinker Knives. You are listening to the Bladeology Podcast.
1: Alright, <laughs> we're going to jump into this like we do every week. Welcome to another episode of of the Bladeology Podcast. We are on this week with episode 46. We are on with our original host lineup, and we are on with a guest. This is the vocal representation of Jeremiah Burbank from PVK Vegas.
0: Nick Chuprin of NCC Knives. Hamish Malays of Aishin Blade Works.
2: And Chuck Gudritus of Gudritus Knives.
1: Nice. All right. Chuck, you were our first guest of the podcast ever. And now That's right, he was. you are back on as a guest again. You've you've come on in the past as a co host. We're on for your for your maker update, man. Um it's twenty twenty. We've all survived this far. Tell us, um what are you up to? What's what's going on? I I know you've you've got some new models since we last spoke that have, have been popping off, and uh,
2: yeah, what's good, man? What's going on? Uh, the word of the day is switchblade or automatic. I have been building lots and lots of automatics and uh, all different s- types, button release, um, traditional latch release, the New England style latch release, uh, scale release, bolster release, you name it lots of switchblades
1: bam! all right so the, the the market has been has been on fire for the for the automatics which is which is awesome best news of the day uh and switchblades are great words my favorite word um so you've been you've been building like crazy and and all different mechanisms right i mean that's that's the key thing here you, not just one mechanism but but of but a variety of of mechanisms
2: absolutely it depends on the style or the design of the knife because some you want to keep more of a clean design and you don't want to have anything visible so you build it as a scale release or a bolster release and others um, you know lend themselves to this traditional new england style that we've talked about in the past talked about with other makers Um, i mentioned what i've been building. To a friend of mine, and basically, I am the only guy that I know of carrying on the New England style of custom switchblade. That's a rocker bar release, Damascus blade, Damascus bolsters, and natural handle materials. I don't know of anybody else that's doing it, so it's kind of big shoes to fill. So, that, so that's considered a New England style. Correct. The
0: rocker bar, especially.
2: Yeah. The rocker bar, yes.
1: Right. Yeah. There's the dress of the knife and then there's the mechanism, right? That's the combination.
2: Correct. Yeah. Started with, you know, Bill McHenry and Jason Williams. And now I'm carrying that on.
1: It's a very, so it's right. It's a very specific style. And I think you're absolutely right. I don't, I don't think anybody else is currently doing that. Um, especially not from that school or mimicking the style. So I think that you're not only carrying something on that nobody else is doing, but you're part of the movement itself.
2: Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually really, really enjoying it because it's, it's been really challenging, you know, And uh, knock on wood. I haven't screwed up one yet in the past. I used to, have to remake blades or remake other parts and uh it's been going pretty smoothly Mm. thus far
1: you you've been doing it for a couple of days now right i mean you're you're not uh, a new hand at this by any means
2: no and i've definitely started to my time now in my my older years when i first started building them i'd be in a hurry to move on to the next one and that's when you make mistakes so I take my
1: time now. Nice. I mean, it's, I mean, we go over that with, with other makers too, which is just, you know, you have to, no matter what you're doing, you have to enjoy the process of the build and the finite details. And really, you know, I mean, I, I would imagine you've just got to fall in love with every piece in order to, to finish it and then hate it enough to sell it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> or else you just keep every yeah, damn I, one. I
2: have one that I'm working on. No, no. Cause <laughs> then you go on and move on to the next one. Mm. I have one I'm working on now that's kind of uh it's a latch release. It's Sicilian inspired. The blade is seven sixteenths of an inch wide at the widest, and it tapers down to a point like a dagger blade. Uh front and rear Damascus bolsters and fossil walrus ivory scales and i'm going to carve the rear bolster and part of the scale to look like a nautilus shell. Hmm. Okay. So carving these curved flutes all the way around. Oh,
1: that's neat. Okay, that's actually pretty cool. And the blade taper. All right, i'm yeah.
0: i'm intrigued. All right. Some of that. Like a whip a work in progress. Hmm. On IG.
2: Yeah, i posted some pictures on Instagram of uh, mm-hmm. a drawing and then the paper template. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then all
0: right. In steel. It's like a rounded okay. uh, back kind
2: of yes
1: yep right sicilian okay yeah it was just took me a second there but right the sicilian and the pommel which is exactly which is exactly that style yep correct yeah that's that's badass that's what
2: inspired it
1: so Uh, speak so speaking of carving um so we talked uh i talked to richard about this and and i've talked to you about this too about um the carving of the backspacers right doing file work and very specific file work and so in a couple of your builds in the past year you've been doing sort of a less traditional but you have also been doing traditional file work but you've been doing this sort of free form I want to call it file work where it starts with a pattern at the bottom and then by the time you work your way up to where the backspacer meets the tang of the blade it's a different pattern um Tell us a little bit about that. You're sort of your playing with with um, with the visuals on that.
2: Sometimes when I start the knife, I have an idea of what I want the firework to look like. Sometimes I don't want it to be too busy. Other times I kinda it just flows as I'm doing it. So the freeform stuff I'll start and just see where it takes me. And then other times I will have a specific pattern. Either I draw it out or in my head and I'll try to keep it uniform. Um, I tend to always start on the backspacer in the center and work my way out. So that way it stays consistent going in both directions. But if I start at one end, you never know where what is, which way it's going to go because, you know, I'll get bored of the way it's looking or I just won't like how it's flowing and I'll just kind of put patterns together that normally wouldn't go together. So it's kind of a mismatch of different patterns. The liners are another story where I, I try to keep the liners symmetrical pretty much all the way around. Um, and sometimes I have file work on the liners, frame the file work that's on the backspacer. So cutouts line up with other cutouts or inlays in the backspacer um, and frame the spacer in the back of the knife. So instead of two different patterns on the liners and patterns on the backspacer making the whole knife too busy, I usually have a plan.
1: I gotcha. All right. All right. I'm, I'm well, I'm i 'm digging the various file work I, th- I think it's uh it's a cool some of the more traditional stuff is a cool nod right to that New England style and definitely some of the freeform stuff is sort of t- taking that style and like force evolving it into a more more modern take on it I, I think it works a lot well with the build and it's uh, I think it also gets people into file work because um, I think a lot of people they're not sure how they feel about it but the The Freeform stuff, it seems like people have been responding well to it.
2: They have been. And it is also a whole new group of collectors who have never been exposed to file work. You know, it kind of died off when the art knife movement died off. And tactical folders took over. And nobody did file work. You didn't have to. But I feel with these New England style automatics, you kind of have to do it. Because it's just part of the style of knife
1: right Yeah, it's it's, um it's expected sort of
2: absolutely Hmm.
1: um and I, I wanted to um I wanted to bridge from the from the file work to a model that has I think I think it's a very recognizable model for you and I think has brought a lot of attention to the work you're doing which is um the Swiss Army Switchblade. Because that seems to have been... It's, like, basically on fire. Um, I'm not sure anybody listening to this would not have seen it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should go look it up. Um, it's pretty common by now.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I feel like it—it's people have got to be on the level. Yeah. Um, t- tell us a little bit about the development of that um, and how, how that's going.
2: Um, it's going... Really well. Um, I still have people constantly messaging me asking when they're available, and unfortunately, they are first come first serve. And whenever I put one up, first person to message me is usually the one who who takes it. Um, I have been experimenting with some new blade shapes. So instead of your traditional Swiss Army, which is kind of a modified one cliff, it's not really a spear point. Um, I've been playing around with... I have a modified wharncliffe that actually fits in the same handle. Um, I guess you'd call it either a Barlow-style blade or a Dagger-style, depending on how I grind it. And a Lanny's clip, so which is more of a Bowie-style blade. And um, I think experimenting with more blade shapes will appeal to more people, um, than just the standard Swiss Army style blade shape, so and it's it's been a little bit of a challenge to get it to f- everything to f- fit.
0: Really digging the the uh, Laney's clip clip point.
2: Yeah, that was oh actually when I finished it, so I put stainless bolsters on it and jig bone scales, and it looked like the old Presto or Charade push button automatics. Very old school, yeah. Very old school looking. So, um, and I've even been playing around with the idea of trying to do a presto style. Um, I found some videos on YouTube on actually how the mechanism works and I may play around and see if I can recreate that with some more modern materials. Switch
1: up with the blade styles, right? I definitely, I, I, I agree with uh, Elijah on that. The, that clip is, it's pretty slick. I'm, I'm digging that. It's a very, uh. It's a reminiscent blade shape, and it works well with that with that handle and with the with the
0: auto mech. I think that's... uh. Yeah, at first I was like, oh, is that a new model? But then I was like, oh, no, it's just a different flavor. And it, it, yeah, it looks great.
2: Well, it makes it a little more versatile.
1: The shred, the shred Presto that you're talking about. Um, So what, what era do you think that's from? Are we talking about like the 50s?
2: Uh, some of those are even earlier. Some oh, of those wow. are around like the twenties. Oh shoot. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I, um,
1: I had no the idea. Presto ones had a,
2: so the Presto ones had a, the button was in the center of the bolster where the pivot should be. Hmm. And basically you're, you're pushing on the button to release the, the blade. And then eventually charade moved the button a little bit further back and they added the safety. But the early Presto ones are pretty neat. So they actually had a hollow pivot. And it was peened. So it was a piece of tubing that they used as the pivot that they peened on both ends. And that's how the mechanism um, is able to be installed in the center where the pivot is.
1: So we talked about this um, previously. And it was sort of, it was similar to... The old GT knives, the Greg and Todd automatics. Yes. Right. Um, which I guess... So, <laughs> there used to be GT knives back in the day, which was literally just G and T, which stood, stood for Greg and Todd. And um, they were uh, part of a early um, aluminum CNC... More production style automatic wave of guys um, in the early two thousands, late nineties ish. They were they were at it for a while, but the the knife really caught on, and um, it was just uh it was brutish, not in a bad way, but it was just very. It was a it was a machined item. It had it had hard angles, but the nice thing about it, which was really cool, was um, it did not have an extra button to fire the blade it was a coil fired automatic that the like chuck is describing the coil the pivot and the button were all in the same mech so you push on the pivot and then that would fire the blade out people might have seen this a little more recently in the last two to three years mantis purchased the brand because i guess i mean greg and todd had stopped making these knives a very long time ago probably 2000. 10-ish maybe they stopped um but mantis purchased a few years ago and tried to sort of bring it back and they recreated the knives for a short time uh i don't believe they're doing any longer i don't think the knives saw the success that they thought it would they probably you know older collectors probably purchased them and you know it's mantis it was just poor marketing and execution on everybody's front um i think i can get away with saying that um but anyway, I digress. It was the the pivot and the coil spring were all the same, just like in the Shred Presto.
2: Well, the Shred Presto is a leaf spring. Okay, but right. The mechanism other than that is pretty much the same. Yeah. Same idea.
1: Weird how that works. Um and the so the one that you were building, unlike the regular um switch army as a bolster. Did you ever did you Correct. keep the, the lanyard hole? I forget. Did you keep the little lanyard um at the bottom? Or did you yep. shave that off? You did? Okay.
2: No, I, I kept it.
1: I think that's an excellent I think that's an excellent touch. That definitely reminded me of um the older uh colonial knife works autos from back in the day as well. Some of those had like um lanyard catches and um the bail loops, which were pretty neat.
2: Yeah, the, the orange those.
1: ones. Yeah, yeah. The old, uh, the paratrooper X or something with the, yes, those resin handles. Paratrooper, those are so yep. custom. I, I <laughs> I'm, I've probably got one around here somewhere. They were, wow, man. Resin is a stretch, but we'll just resin is a, yeah, resin, plastic. Yeah. They were, they, yeah, it was, they Holo were like, plastic, the, no yeah, the early ones were like this thermoplast probably. But they were they were indeed coil fired push button autos um with safeties and they had these they either had lanyard loops or these giant, like hugely oversized bales on the bottom that you could like cover the whole knife in, like they were giant. Um, because I apparently they were for paratroopers. That's what a paratrooper wanted. Some paratrooper at some point in history must have carried one for them to really have that claim to fame um i'll see if i can't dig one up i'll, I'll do a video on it uh but those are made in rhode island pretty much until i don't know the last i think five or ten years they stopped making them
2: yeah imperial those are yeah
1: those are wild yeah, i'll have to dig my, those up my knowledge yeah that's just I like archaic archaic switchblade stuff really um <laughs>
2: Zero they also time. had a they had a hook on them
1: oh yeah that's right oh my god that they had the yeah. hook for oh, I, for
2: cutting to the paracord
0: picture. yeah 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 was it the picture that you shared yeah. for doing other stuff um, the hook oh no though that tires. was
1: probably that was from the latama book i was reading that i the latama book was specifically oh, yeah, mentioned okay. that that small hook was for slicing the sidewall of tires which i thought was yeah, it's like okay. that's particularly great <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, the paratrooper knife I'm used to, it's usually a gravity knife.
1: Yes, so it's a similar, the naming is similar. The colonial one that they call a paratrooper is like supposedly, an. it's an American army issued paratrooper knife. But the paratrooper knife that people call, yeah, the paratrooper is like, is a gravity OTF, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, where it has the lever on the side. Yeah, I know you the, the German <coughs> German paratrooper. Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to find a picture of what he's, what you guys are talking about. Um, if you look up um, CKC Paratrooper, will probably come up Colon- Colonial Knife Company. Um, oh, I it. would CKC. seriously doubt that there's any on Instagram. Maybe there might be no, some just super it, hardcore C- CKC Paratrooper knife. Yeah, there might be some super hardcore old school pocket dumps out and, there with some. Is that is Colonials the ho- also automatic? Some of them were. Yep. And the hook is probably made from um, Bud Light cans that were sharpened because I remember some of the later <laughs> model ones were like, ah, they were pretty skeptical. But um, yeah, but yeah, no, the hook was, so they were double ended autos, which actually we were just talking to Brad Zinker about this, but double ended. So there was a coil fired blade and a coil fired, like in air quotes, rescue hook. On the other end, um, yeah, I mean, like, later on, they were, yep, it was steel of some kind. Uh, Very custom, very, but part of that Rhode Island, or or late, late model New England manufacturing, the tail end of, you know, decades of manufacturing, Um, I'm sure that they've gone out of business or sold out to China at this point. I can't imagine they're still in business in any case, let's bring that back around to Chuck um, and the mechanisms you were talking about earlier. So we talk a lot about switchblades, which I, I try to talk as much as I can about switchblades, but so the mechanism thing is not necessarily only the, the choice of mechanisms is, is has a lot to do with how you want the knife to operate, but also how you want the knife to look Um And follow me down this train of thought. A coil-fired auto is a mechanism that is tied to a cosmetic look. But the way you were describing it, um, the latch release, the scale release, these can all be used to accentuate different um, cosmetic attributes.
2: Correct. Absolutely. Like, say, for example, if you have an automatic that is in the shape of a dagger... Well, a latch release, you're going to have the latch in the center of the knife, parallel with the knife, and it's going to flow with that overall design. Whereas if you took the same design and put a button release in it, you're going to have this button that's most of the time offset to the side, and it's going to look out of place. So it's all about aesthetics based on the knife design.
1: Right. Right. So, and and what were you saying that the, the latest sort of Sicilian-esque model uses?
2: So, the Sicilian-esque model I'm working on is a latch release. It is a latch release. Okay. Um, it's going to be real long and thin. The blade's probably going to get ground on a one and a half inch wheel. Oh, wow. Okay. Just because it's so narrow mm. that a larger diameter wheel will bring the grind lines up too high. So... I've done it once before. <laughs> Fingers crossed when I get to that point.
1: There you go. Right. It, it's all going to come together, man. It's all going to come together. <laughs> um. So no orders for the um, for the Swiss Army. It's a first come, first serve thing, which I think is great. It keeps the the mystery alive, and it keeps, it keeps the want real huh? in so many. Yeah, it it really does. I mean, uh, you know. Who knows what's when you're gonna get it or when it's gonna be available? You know that's. You gotta be on the lookout, folks. It's knife collecting. If you could just. That's right. Yeah, if you could just go to the store and buy this shit, it's like, look, man, it, you have to commit to it, okay?
2: Keep the demand high, and I trickle them out every so often, you know.
1: No, it's it's important. Like it it it's important for people to have something slightly out of reach that's hard to get. I, I honestly believe that. I mean, it is it's. That's what the industry is. The industry is a series of uh, grail knives that you're continuously finding and, and stumbling upon and being like, I want that so bad and I just can't have it.
2: Well, I'm having fun with them too, because even though it's essentially the same model, I'm using a variety of handle materials from, you know, G10 and my Carta. I've done one in desert ironwood. Um, as long as the material is structurally strong enough, then I'm more than happy to try to use it. Um, And there's still so much else out there I haven't used yet. I haven't done one in Damascus yet. A lot of the custom micarta that Greg Hansen is making would make some killer Switch Army Switchblades. Um, I have one I started today that's going to have pearl scales. But I didn't think the pearl was structurally strong enough. So I am setting the pearl in 416 stainless which will essentially be the scales and house have the pocket for the mechanism underneath. So there won't be any force on the pearl at all. It'll just basically there be there for show.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. that, That, that makes sense. I, you did an auction, um, Swiss army, but okay. But no, that was, was that just, was that ivory micarta? What was that one? Or was that Westinghouse? That was Westinghouse.
2: I did one in Westinghouse. That was it. I did one in Tiffany blue G10. Okay. And I made a sterling silver toothpick to go with it. Right. And then I recently did one in marbled purple marbled carbon fiber, um, with a Damascus toothpick.
1: Yeah,
0: Wait, I oh, know yeah. okay. I saw purple. that on the gram. That's pretty neat. It was marble. I just see that just just recently. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's some of that fat carbon, so it's got just hints of purple here and there in it. Hmm. Hues of purple.
0: Oh it's fat oh, okay,
1: it's it's fat carbon marble. Yes. Oh, yeah, well okay. next goal
0: is make some
1: tomatic yeah, tweezers.
0: In- yeah.
1: I mean I guess that that's,
2: should be interesting. that's probably doable, yeah. right? I thought about it. Or use this keep the stainless tweezers and take it apart and just make the the holder out of Damascus
1: oh so. instead of the plastic part just make the mat make that timemascus correct yeah oh, that way you yeah. still have
2: the stainless tweezers hmm
0: nah,
1: that's a great you know that's a that's <laughs> that's an excellent use of Damascus just a record uh just a sprinkling of it um that's really that's uh that's nice you know. I'm sure that somebody will request a whole Tamascus scale at some point, but. Um,
2: well, I have one of those that I'm working on too.
1: Oh, well, there you go. Okay, <laughs> keep a yeah. keep an eye out there for the yeah. for the full dress model.
2: Yeah, black Tamascus in a hyperdrive pattern. Oh. For scales, there you so go. I'll have to make a another Tamascus toothpick and maybe those Tamascus tweezers.
1: And you. You, um see. you sent me a picture of one but you haven't posted it on the gram yet that you're that you're working on the um unless that's top secret
2: no um, secret sauce. that one's it's got a, a reptilian damascus blade carbon fiber scales black screws and blacked out G
1: yeah that's pretty dope um, it looks real good it's like a like a stealth version with a little bit of Damascus in there. Like that's, that's badass.
2: Keep it subtle. I mean,
1: yeah, there you go. You know, we, uh, all the NCCA shows were, um, were canceled on us. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, along with all the other knife shows, but the NCCA ones. Yeah. Was
0: that some of that North England stuff?
1: Yeah. That's that North England Shire show. He says this as if he went to them in the past. You know, that's that. You know, the Mystic What's Show. the show like, anyways? Is it pretty cool? The Marlboro Show.
2: Yeah, uh, what is that I one mean, too? I, I like, like them.
1: There's so many of those that's, obscure. That's the <laughs> that's the shows ncca show. Is the Marl Marlboro Show? Um, which I I've been to a few times actually. It's a it's a very interesting mix. I mean, it's like a it's a club show. It's a small club show, so it's kind of what you expect but then all of a sudden there's like actual knife makers there and you're like wait what's going on like paul farina's there and then chuck's there and then there's also people just like wandering around with like of course paul's there yeah like bagged like busted up fixed plates like trying to trying to trade them and you're like i don't know i have no idea what's going on it's great it's a lot of fun Exactly.
2: Yeah. You never know what you're going to find. Exactly. There, there's a gentleman there who collects um, antique automatics, French automatics from the 1800s. Hmm. And he's got some really cool stuff. He doesn't sell it, but he comes and displays. Oh, okay. You know, stuff that are, are French cross guards and hmm. stag scales and, and things you'd never see anywhere else in his private little collection.
0: That's, I don't know if you're familiar, I mean, that's, but uh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, Bob Neal made these automatics back in the day that were uh you would press on the blade and then it would fire the other blade out. You know anything about that? Like a pen release. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I know, Hubertus like, made yeah.
2: um
0: Like he would do it in, like this. Ron Newton's small, done it. Slip joint style knives. I've never seen one in person except for his. It's yeah, yes, I've so. played
2: with the Hubertus ones. Yeah, that's I, the same I did thing. some repair work on a Ron Newton one. And yeah, it's a little one cliff pen shaped blade, and that uh releases the larger blade. So I think I know how it works. I could probably build one, but I don't know if I want to. It's it's like a weird we, it's like an internal challenge. latch.
0: Yeah, it's like the leaf spring is the trigger almost, is the sear. I don't know. It's confusing.
2: I I think that there's a pin that goes across between the two blades, and so when you push down on the small blade, it pushes down on the pin, which lifts the back bar for the larger blade, and that's what releases it.
1: Oh. Okay, I can kind of visualize that. I, I remember messing with those horrible Hubertus knives, because we used to We used to sell a lot of those, and then I'd have to hand-fit all the springs and then try to tune those pen blades. Like, you would just sit it on the desk and look at it and, like, count to four, and then the blade would just fire on its own without you even touching it. It's the most frustrating goddamn thing. Like, it's like a little timer, and then you'd have to, like, bend the pen blade a little bit until it would just not accidentally fire itself. Ugh. Terrible flashbacks. Um, I did not know that Bob Neal made those though. That's pretty cool.
0: He only made a couple, and yeah, he still like has them. Like, yeah, I don't know why. Oh, he didn't even sell them. I think he sold like one or two, and then he has like
1: one of them. Hmm. I would imagine that's one of those things where he might have figured out how to do it and realized that what he needed to get out of the knife for it to be worth it
0: was just like no nah, just keep it he was like straight up like I'm not it. making this again like it's not happening yeah right <laughs> it's too much work
1: well you know if you're not if you're not trained in the dark arts it's a lot of research and development for something that you know if you're not going to do regularly it's, it's it does not become probably worth it in the long run I would imagine and um, so, Chuck, you've you've also been you you were been sprinkling some some other stuff in there though. You've been like today you posted a you posted a fixed blade, which kind of looks a little bit like a pelican. Um, is that sort of the inspiration for that?
2: Uh, it's actually it's a point man, oh, point man. Which okay. I make a folder called the point man. It looks like a a snub nose or a puffin. They're kind of. Similar. And I had a customer who had sent me some cross cut vintage micarta and said, hey, can you make me one of those? And so, I saw a little something different. Breaks up the monotony. And uh, it seems to have gotten some, a lot of likes on Instagram. Um, But I've got all kinds of stuff in the works. I actually drew up a, uh, out the front. Uh Uh-oh. That when I actually have some time, I'm going to build.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, I'm going to assume it's a single action.
2: Single action, and it's not going to be a button or a latch. It's going to be a scale release out the front.
1: Oh, okay. That's intriguing. A scale... Yeah, that's okay. Fuck it. That's cool. I guess I'm trying to think. Yeah. And then to reload it, you would
2: just engine
1: driven pull in?
2: no it's gonna have a a, a uh, um, arm kind of like a microtech does oh. or the early butch velotin and vipers well it'll have a, a retracting arm to to reload it
1: okay yeah like, um like a reload bar charging handle yeah exactly yeah okay wow well that's okay I did not see that coming. Um, so okay. Great. <laughs> that's awesome. That sounds that's something to look forward to. Uh well
2: yeah. originally the the blade that's in the Sicilian style auto was gonna be for the out the front, but once I got it the handle drawn up and the mechanism fitted in it, it looked out of place. The handle was so much bigger and wider than the blade was, so I have to design a new blade to fit in it that'd be more symmetrical. Um, and more proportionate to the size of the handle. I gotcha. So not so much longer, but just wider, more of a spear point blade instead of a real pointy dagger style.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Right. So for symmetry reasons, those, those always look great with a, with a nice, a nice double edge profile, really. Um, Correct. I mean, I've seen, I mean the Halo comes in a single edge which was actually the original version but uh, but for a for a single action a, a double edge is really it looks great
2: yeah it, it, it maybe the Blade will be a little inspired by a, a Jeff Harkins out the front
1: whoa okay
2: that kind of design
1: alright I mean I just is this uh, still scale noise release
2: noise sure <laughs>
0: You only see him on your site, so.
1: Well, funny how that works. Um, yeah. yeah, no, You're Jeff is Jeff is still regrets. at it. Yeah, I have. A, yeah, no, he he does. He keep still some makes plans. He nice. keeps him in the
2: back back room.
1: <laughs> yeah, the actual the third VIP that nobody knows about is just Harkins' workshop in the and that's. <laughs> no. if there's a reason. No, there's in this dry back hallway, something <laughs> behind that drywall. No, he's he's up in Montana. He's uh he's he's doing his thing. Um, but I I think uh, in inspired knife, yeah, so that's that's cool. Uh, I I was just raking my mind. So obviously, you've already had the answer to that, which is no one else has has done that a scale release single action OTF.
2: Correct. That's the other reason why I want to do It's because nobody else has done it. So that's
1: a good reason. All yeah.
2: right. I appreciate the challenge.
1: Yeah, man. Um, do so you really? Really putting that on the record there um so when are we gonna see that exactly <laughs> when uh and by when yeah, we're gonna see sometime. it sometime i mean when am i gonna handle it is what i'm really saying <laughs> what he's trying to say is, when am i gonna buy it
2: probably sometime right. after christmas
1: okay fair sometime enough here okay realistic and about then the we'll get time.
2: nick to make a. then we'll get nick to make a few of them
1: oh great okay super <laughs> uh-huh. that works well, I have a standard Ooh, one of the project. works with all the buttons that i have actually not enough
0: i need more buttons your mind up
1: wow okay guy why is this falling <laughs> on me my dude um sure yeah no i don't know oh uh, uh, a a scare release that's that's cool that should be well documented and photographed i'm as i'm sure probably will be uh because that is definitely something to look forward to so and that and that, that sort of brings up another thing. So you had said this, which is to sort of break up the monotony. Um you're still building whatever you want to build in whatever number in every style all the time. Like that's just your that's it from from forever, basically, right?
2: I'm the schizophrenic knife. Maker. Whenever I feel like building, that's what I'll build way to do it like i was just thinking the other day i hadn't built any slip joints in a while i haven't built any bally songs in a while so i'm kind of thinking about it so you know once i get some of the more of these autos finished i'll probably build some more bally songs
1: i mean yeah man that's i think i I agree i think that's kind of the way to do it because then you're just you're always on the cutting edge because you're just cycling in and out what you're interested in which is probably about the same equivalent interest that like the industry kind of fluctuates in that weird way where people are like really hot on something and then they want to see something else and then you also keep people really interested in what you're making because the best way to do that
0: is to stop making it and then people are like wait no that's what i wanted yeah, you keep the demand up Yeah, everyone's attention spans so short
2: yeah so then you gotta wait yeah you gotta wait and say oh maybe maybe he'll maybe he'll make those again in six months all right i gotta wait till then keep the demand up see
1: all right all right that's um that's ideal that's i, I like that that's that's good um now you were uh you were working on some on some graphics what whatever happened to that
2: what do you mean by graphics like arc
1: yeah, you were you were, we were talking about doing like a little, like a sticker pack or something for the for the S- Swiss Army Switchblade.
2: Uh, so I have some Swiss Army Switchblade stickers. There we go. They're kind of old school in design. It's got a, a rose in the background, and it says Switch Swiss Army Switchblade on it, and it's got a a picture of the Swiss Army with a G on it like the knives do nice. and so the most recent ones that i've been making comes with one of the stickers
1: oh man okay so
2: i suppose i'll have to sell send you a couple
1: <laughs> i mean i'll take a sticker that's uh so that <laughs> makes that makes the sticker is even more rare because then you can only get the sticker if you get one of the knives oh my gosh correct that's uh that's a, someone's gonna someone's gonna punch somebody at Blade Show for one of those stickers is basically what it comes down <laughs> to. because <like, laughs> well, I have
2: I have other yeah. stickers that you know just have my last name. Right. But and those go out with every knife. But yeah, these other stickers are a little bit more rare.
1: I gotcha. Okay. The super oh. super rare stickers. So I've been reading I've been reading this uh I've been reading this book that Walt sent me. The the history of um, of Latama Knives, which actually apparently just stands for Latin American trading company. Uh, and so I've been diving super deep into the history of Italians and the different mechanisms. And I've just gotten to chapter like 18, um, where they start talking about the patent for the square button. Um, in in Italy, where it was originally applied for, um, and that sort of reminded me, Chuck, have you ever made a a, a square button?
2: Um, that's a good question. I have. I made the actually the very first Swiss switch, switchblade was a square button. Oh shoot! Uh, it was a latch release with the latch hidden at the scale. The only thing that was showing was a square button that had a G carved into it.
0: Hmm,
1: okay. Well, shoot. Just, okay. Well, man, just covering everything there. Just, okay. All right. Okay, and I know I've asked you if you've done a swing guard before, right?
2: Yes, I've done uh, a couple of auto swing guards. I've done some manual swing guards. Um, uh, going back to what you were just talking about, Obama's, I've been doing some research on... Italian-style automatics. Uh-oh. And instead of building a pick guard or a... Um, a pick lock. Um, pick lock, there are some of them that are um, bolster release. Instead of swiveling the bolster counterclockwise or to the right, you push down on one of the little internal guards, and then it lifts pick lock, and it opens a knife.
1: Right, yep.
2: So that's kind of giving me some ideas as well. So basically, I'm going down the switchblade rabbit hole okay. and building stuff with, you know, my own twist and, you know, new materials, titanium liners, and I'm just kind of everything automatic. Mm. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think I'm totally for that. I, I've, I see some, um, there's some hunter patterns in the book that are just gorgeous, like like clip point, um, S guard oval button, like really classic style Italian hunters that are just like they look great. Are they still so they still make um, Campelin still makes hunters now. Latama does not make hunters, but they have the regular tiny round button, but the oh, the big oval button hunters. Man, if you get a chance, check those out. Those are I'm sure I'm sure you've seen pictures, but those are gorgeous
2: i think
1: i'm gonna get this book you gotta it's it's a, it's a great it's a great wormhole of of switchblade history which a lot of it was actually new to me um I, I mean i don't whatever i don't know everything about switchblades but i'm determined to learn all the ins and outs of it but the the latama book is uh it's it's pretty neat man uh Definitely some weird twists and turns in that and in, in the amount of influence Italian knives have had on the knife industry as a whole and um like the world trade almost in a weird way. Uh because I feel like Italians are sort of everybody's secret crush. Like pretty much everybody a lot of not everybody, a lot of custom knife makers who do switchblades have made an italian inspired or an italian knife at some point just because it's it's inevitable it's like it's the switchblade that you that you just get it's the first switchblade or it's most people's first switchblade anyway
2: it's it's iconic it's in all the movies you know um if you're a gangster in a movie you carry a switchblade it's even in animation <laughs> it if it you will... archer, archer carries a switchblade yeah yeah, there you go. And it's Italian it's style. It's archetypal. Yes.
1: Yes. It's practical in the way that it would slip right between someone's ribs, you know? It's very easy. It's uh it's not a it's not a uh EDC knife, but it's it's just got it's got a glean to it that um it's vicious. It's cool. Especially you know? when they're crisp
0: plated. Yeah.
2: So, for people who are listening, which Latama book are you referring to? Because there's a few. There's the Art of the World's Concourse examples, and there's a couple others.
1: I am referring to this one, which I am holding, which is uh, the Latama Legend, and this is the one that uh, this is the one that that Walter had a hand in putting together and it, uh, it's got a big picture of, uh, probably a 28 centimeter half grind wasp body (laughs) on the front, and, uh, it's got, it's got the original Latama team, which is just the most gangster pack of Italian guys you've ever seen, uh, and there's, there's six guys on, on the cover, it's, uh,
2: Okay, it's black. Is it black and white?
1: Yeah, it's a black and white picture with um. Takuma. Yeah, okay. and the Latama's in gold. And I okay. actually was lucky enough to, to to get a signed copy, which was super nice of, of Walt.
2: But if you go to the Latama, Latama website, yes, there's a bunch of them. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's that's um. So that's Walt. That he he procured Latama um geez I totally forget now what year he said he did but he he purchased the company because he was friends with um with Sam Polk who having read this book now has an incredible weight to it which it did not during the recording so we'll have to we'll have to bring Walt on again because um I could, I mean, I could digress into this subject entirely for a while, so I'm, I'm just gonna hold off. But yeah, it's a great book, um, Chuck. You should definitely check it out. Or when I'm finished, like you can, or yeah, just, just grab one from, from, from Latam or from eBay. And if anybody's interested in, in Italian history, you should definitely check out this book. Um, I'll post it up in the, in the Bladeology. Great, great stories about early. Uh, Italian knife manufacturing and history and it definitely lays out the influence uh, those knives have had on our industry and and probably the country as a whole over the years so it's pretty cool and a lot of very awesome uh, archival pictures of knives like a huge amount Um, so if you're if you're building a, a knife library that's that's a that's a that's a cornerstone to cover your 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 automatics, because there's probably not too many books just dedicated to autos. I mean, I'm sure they show up in other Art Knife books, but singular-themed. Upcoming builds and exploratory mechanisms. We were talking about the single-action OTF. And you're looking into spreading out your styles over the next few months you know you don't want it to get too blase with the same with the same thing Um, but you're still for the most part you're still not taking orders on anything upcoming or you you will kind of take suggestions for things to build like that fixed blade for instance
2: yeah that fixed blade has been in order for about six months okay and I finally got around to it you know something different um, but if someone wants to order something interesting, something that's intriguing, like, a, you know, an auto, and they have an idea for a design and incorporating, you know, one of the mechanisms I'm currently using, then I will definitely entertain that. Um, but for the most part, it's basically what I want to build. Like, I have a, I actually, have a customer who done... wants me to build an auto with a six and a half inch blade making it about 13 inches overall with a skull crusher uh damascus blade damascus bolsters and the or pearl scales wow so
0: gotcha so he wants a wrist breaker yeah
1: that's like (laughs) that's a full 28 centimeter italian at that point that's giant
2: that's huge all right
1: are you gonna do it
2: yeah why not fuck it Okay. fully fi- fully file work you know i can just go all out on it put some uh, fullers in the blade and just let the creativity fly carve the bolsters up a little some decorative lines you know probably take me a couple of weeks to build it all right but i appreciate the challenge
1: when um whenever you're ready to take uh, my order for a marlin you, know, you just let me know because i'm I'm ready to put that in if if you're uh, if you're ready to build it. So,
2: would you prefer the marlin or a shark? Oh,
1: that's right. We were talking about this. I'll take a shark. Sure. Let's do a shark. Absolutely.
2: Yep. So probably around 2004, 2005, I did an automat that when it was closed, it looked like a marlin. You know, Damascus head, uh, mother of pearl body. Damascus tail, and latch release. And when you opened it, it had this long, thin blade, and it turned it into a swordfish. Nice. And bright. it came a display that looked like a picture frame that sat on two little brass pins, and I tied, hand-tied a saltwater fly, so it looked like it was a fish frame. That's awesome. Which is kind of neat. And I've only done one figure roll like that.
1: Yeah. No, I've it was that's an amazing piece, absolutely. And if you know, I absolutely throw in the challenge for the for the great white.
2: So, yeah, we've talked about that. So, I'm going to do one that looks like a great white shark and have a fish uh, stylized fish cut out in the blade so when it's open, it looks like the shark is chasing the fish.
1: I think it's neat. I think it's a great idea. I think we need more more knives like that. But yeah, no, a, a structural art piece, right? Like uh, Phil and the Hot Rod Switchblade. Same thing. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pester him about making a hot rod for the shop. Um, but yeah, man. Well, yeah, those those Philip,
2: those Philip Booth Hot, hot Rod yeah, Autos. You know, and you have crossover collectors. You have knife collectors. You got car collectors. Oh yeah. And, you know, guys who just like cool things, and you know, it crosses over many genres.
1: I think that um I think that those particular knives bring out the the wild ones, honestly most of the time. I think those are the ones that bring out the collectors outside the industry who are just you know fanatical about something and they just like that's the coolest thing they've ever seen um, which is one of the reasons we have a giant halo at the shop right now because it belongs to you know a very uh famous individual who's moving and they wanted it to be somewhere safe and they were put into contact with us and now there's a giant halo at the shop you know but those are the kind of people who are like they don't not really knife people but they're just looking yeah they're just looking for something that's totally outrageous like something that's like crazy and that's where uh, you know that's where that a marlin or a great white brings those guys out of the woodwork
2: Well, the other thing is too, their, their, their groups of friends, they can show that to them and say, look what I have. It's a knife. It's a hot rod or it's a knife and it's a, a figural fish and their friends will be blown away because one, they'll have no idea where they've gotten it and they would have never seen anything like that before.
1: Right. Yep.
2: So it brings new people into the market. You know, so it's not just a knife. It's a it's a piece of art and it's something different than just a knife.
1: All right. Well, I guess Blade Show twenty twenty one? Maybe. Sure, why not? Sure, okay. Uh you said you said yes. I'm uh, okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. We talked about this on the first podcast. Okay. I'm looking forward for twenty twenty one. Um it's it's a great piece. With a diorama, yeah. Heck yeah, yeah, sure, probably, yeah. Um all right, well yeah, I'm well, I'm interested for sure.
2: Which mechanism do you think would fit that design the best? Um,
1: all right, that's a good one.
2: Uh because if you do it as a scale release or a bolster release, you know, it keeps it a little more covert, but you gotta take into account, you know, screw placement. Whereas a bolster release, the bolster pivots on the pivot screw, and you don't want this giant pivot screw showing in the middle of the fish's head. So, do you use a latch release and carve the latch to look like a fin? Yes. Or three dimensions. You do as a scale release and just scale, use the, the scale as the release.
1: Ah, double entendre. So that
2: way you don't have as many screws showing.
1: Um,. I think a s I think a 3D structured oh it's not dorsals on top what's the side fin called pectoral no maybe pectoral fin um
2: pectoral fin yeah i think the that only with would that be, is you got to do you got to do two, two of them two of them hmm. and then it might not be you know conducive to holding because you have these two sharp oh, fins sticking out. Yeah, of
1: course not. It's not a practical object at all. It's not meant to be, you know. Well, no,
2: but just – Just for holding it
1: to although fire. Although the fins
2: it. may the, – the fins may act as a stand.
1: Like how we're building so this knife stand. right now in our heads. I'm, I'm ready. I'm well, this, so this ready is, for this.
2: This is exactly what I go through. Like, all right, how am I going to do this? What mechanism? How many screws can I hide? What materials am I going to use? Like, and I'm all over the place with it, you know. Do I want to use Damascus, or is it going to be too busy? Do I use zerk, you know, for the bolsters and the tail, um, or do I do something that I can antique and patina, like nickel silver, so it'll have different shades? Because a lot of these older sharks, you know, have battle scars and stuff. Do you incorporate those into it?
1: Well, you've got you to know, because the can... diorama is going to be Jaws themed, right? <laughs> so I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta, it's gotta match that, you know.
2: So, so I have to build the knife and a scale model of the orca, sure. Which is the shit, the boat. Yeah, the boat. And um, like yeah, being eaten in half.
1: I mean, it's a Cape Cod themed thing, man. Yeah, the barrel, and yeah. then like in its mouth is Quinn. There's a screaming. The diorama <laughs> is just him screaming.
2: <laughs> And when you when you release the knife, the jaws, the blade, the jaws close and break a cat.
1: Yes, every time though, every time. <laughs> yeah, and then we a little CO two charger could could be the um, could be the oxygen tank. Yeah, dude.
2: Hell yeah! Oh, okay.
1: A little bit of dry ice in there. This is like this is going off the chain. Hell yeah, kid! Hell All yeah. Of this for if
2: going to be like you know. 10 inches open.
1: Yes. Basically your so, whole blade show booth will be just a diorama to display one knife. I mean, that's pretty fucking epic, guy. That's epic.
2: It might even win an award for like best of the rest. Yeah,
1: I would, you know, I would imagine. Mother of god. All right. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's I think it's going to be I think it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to to the Great White and the diorama i'm looking forward to everything everything that's coming down the that's coming down the shoot um 2021 is going to be great we're not even out of the woods yet on this year uh but (laughs) you're you're posting like wild and you're and you're building like like crazy i really like that uh that snub nose you posted that's cool the great name for it and it's an awesome little city knife How, how long is the blade on that one
2: uh 3 inches. Yeah.
1: That's a that's a nice EDC right so, there.
2: Yeah, a little pocket fix blade. Yeah.
1: I'm digging it. All right. I'm I'm loving it. Um what's uh where where we find you, Chuck? Where what what social media are you using these days? just the the Instagram?
2: Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, both under gudridus not but I do most of my posts to Instagram. All right, it's a little more knife friendly.
1: A little more knife friendly. So, uh, DMs and emails, or just DMs?
2: Uh, DMs, emails. I'm pretty easy to find if you just Google me. Like, you know, come up with pictures all over the place. You know, I'm represented by dealers such as yourself, and um, I'm usually pretty easy to get a hold of. And I tend to respond pretty
1: quickly to whoever messages me nice trying to be all professional and stuff i like it professional knife maker yeah extraordinaire mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna head to wrap um this is this has been another outstanding episode of the Bladeology podcast we were on tonight talking switchblades with chuck this is the vocal representation of Jeremiah Burbank from PVK Vegas.
0: Nick Chuprin of NCC Knives. Elijah Isham of Hamish Bladeworks.
2: And Chuck Gadritus of Gadritus Knives.
1: Awesome. Chuck, thanks again for, for coming on with us tonight.
2: Well, thanks for having me again. It's been fun. Thanks, Chuck. I know Bill McHenry only ever did one swing guard, and it was curved like that. He only ever did one because it was so difficult to get it to lock up tight.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I would imagine that would be a, an incredible, like, yeah, that would be a pain in the ass. Swiss Army. We're not recording at the moment, right? Uh, we are not currently recording, though.
2: Our Have kids so. or not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have kids right now, so I'm going to turn down the load percentage. Turn down the load percentage?
1: Yeah. Uh, But the crash wasn't my fault. My reaction time was really bad, is all. We're just messing with you, buddy. We'll turn Uh, the load percentage up next time, and you'll you'll crash right into her. It'll be fine. It's it's okay. (laughs) It's, It's okay. Oh, I get you. So... Just as a heads up, you got to control I'll delete that shit when you get it. Like, when you get a new phone, you got to, like, reset to factory settings. That's your problem right there. I'm a machinist. I know. I think your joke is fun, except there's an actual button on the fucking panel. Is there really? Things. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> I mean, literally, I'm like...
1: All right? you just control the delete. The day, still computer. And then, like the wheel window comes up and then you instead of logging in with Google you have to get it to text you a question and then you do a reCAPTCHA and then the Haas resets itself to you know watch
2: stand have you tried plugging it and plugging it back in ooh good one
1: Nick unplug it for 30 seconds let the router reset plug doesn't it back work in.
2: it's hard. it's always on